Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Uh, today, we will be discussing confirmation biases. Uh, I think we're going to kind of open up the floor first, explaining what confirmation bias means to us. And then it might be a good idea to probably explain how confirmation biases can come up during your coaching sessions. And maybe we can figure out some ways to potentially work past those. Um, I want to, again, open up the floor uh, as far as what you guys consider confirmation bias to be. What do you guys, what would you explain confirmation bias to be? I I'd just like for you to agree with me right now when I explain this, <laughs> um, <laughs> please. Uh, would you, I just, just, I need, I'm looking for people to agree with me. <laughs> um, that's my best <laughs> explanation of confirmation bias. <laughs> explanation of what a confirmation bias is. Looking for someone to agree with them. Um, do you have anything more than that, Anthony? I'd say I have a belief about something in particular, and I will seek out and remember and accept information that confirms my beliefs. And anything that goes against it, I'm probably going to ignore. I'm or just saying or not even bother remembering or not bother even seeking out in the first place because I already have my set because there can only be one way <laughs> um, and, and we see where we see a lot of confirmation bias where where do we see a lot of confirmation bias politics politics yes. religion uh, beliefs about it? science beliefs anything about to do with people right yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything beliefs yeah. about the self L literally any belief there's going to be confirmation bias involved. Why but politics is probably the easiest one to just point out. Yeah. Why do you think it is that people are prone to confirmation bias? It's so hard to avoid, isn't it? I mean, I really so the way Let's I can dig explain it down. It, Let's see it deeper. Bias. Why do people seek out yeah. confirmation bias? <laughs> I believe that it's 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 a well, I did a little research prior to us actually going live, and what I kind of fell on was um, confirmation bias in a nutshell is your consciousness kind of battling with your unconsciousness. So pretty much your unconsciousness is your, you know, your body trying to survive. It's in its survival state and your consciousness is your ability to logically process things. And those two things, uh, clashing together, um, kind of mesh well, as far as colliding and becoming confirmation bias is there i mean there's probably an emotional attachment i would imagine in this Absolutely. space value attachment even um mm -hmm. if if i am somebody who has been told one thing and i believe it so much to be true my whole life growing up it can really shake somebody's identity and value system um when they find out that that may not be true and so uh, there's sometimes it's a, it's a method of protection for ourselves that we use and we we want people to agree or we want our idea to work so badly that we're only going to seek out people who agree with us uh <laughs> um and and not seek out the other side that, that may you know put a wrench in our game essentially um yeah uh, any thoughts there's on a, that space <laughs> yeah there's a theory um apparently that states the reason that we have com confirmation bias is um, it was it was evolved through our ability to reason as a way to further our social agendas, justify our actions, and defend the groups we belong to. And the reason for that is because groups that work well together 
obviously are going to Trump and not to make this, you know, a versus battle between anything, but did you um, just say Trump? Trump? Yeah, yeah, was that a choice of words? <laughs> that was a, that was an interesting choice of words there. <laughs> groups that work well together usually trounce groups that are selfish and don't work well together. So that would be you the said it again. My name's my name is Donald Trounce. Trounce. I'll trounce anyone. I'm the biggest trouncer. Uh, Yeah, I think Jerome's right on the money with that. Um, Human beings, if we're looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint, are not made to believe true things. We're not hardwired to find the truth. We are hardwired to believe things that will benefit us and benefit us socially and in a sort of like egotistical way. It's it's yep. it, now it's more than ego even it's an evolutionary construct really mm-hmm. I mean at the end of the day we have to be able to go along with the quo the status quo we have to be able to exist within society and within uh, a social constructs and in order to do so we a lot of times have to go with the flow hence the the group think and the concept of group think. Um, I don't even know if confirmation bias works for people who don't go with the flow either. Yeah, of um, course. For whatever belief they have, if even if it's not on the surface beneficial or helpful, like let's say I've got a belief that like nobody loves me, I just have a belief that nobody loves me, nobody wants me. Even though that belief doesn't seem like it helps me, there is a benefit to it. It's serving serving a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so to bring it to coaching, you'll get a lot of clients who will like have these beliefs about themselves that don't seem like they're helpful at all. But as a coach, you ask, well, how does this serve you? How and that's scary though sometimes for a client because uh, having to face that mm-hmm. reality that I have been holding on to this truth, this side, my side, my side mm-hmm. of things, my side of the story for so long, the idea of considering another side can be very frightening, can be, uh, again, rattle us a bit. It means also that, that perhaps um, we are wrong, which that can be a tough thing for people to admit. It can be, it really can be. <laughs> um, uh, because we, we are, again, we're, we wanna be right, right? We wanna, I mean, it's humiliating when we're wrong. <laughs> um, well, isn't it so much easier to just be right all the time, right? I mean... I learned, though, it's, it's easier to, to just be like, I'm wrong, man. I'm so wrong. <laughs> I think when... Trust me. When you're, when you're considering your, your unconscious mind um, and just proceeding through whatever you're doing in life, um, to be able to just be right unconsciously all the time makes life so much easier. But yes, when, when you, you, when you're conscious about something and you're, you're thinking about something logically, then um, saying you're wrong sometimes can benefit you. I think uh, in many ways more than so, you probably initially would think. What's funny is as a leader, as like a leader, somebody who's been in charge of other folk um, a few times in my life, I learned that uh, the leaders I respect were the ones that could admit fault, the ones that were able to go, okay, yeah, no, I I don't know everything. I screwed up here. Um, uh, The ones who have the bravado and pretend like they do everything right and know everything, I have no respect for. So Isn't that your your confirmation bias? my confirmation bias, exactly. (laughs) You respect the leaders who are open and... Let's actually define confirmation bias for people, shall we? Yes, uh, give these psych- psychological definition of, of what that may be. We all, we've discussed biases before, but um, yeah. uh, 
confirmation bias as defined. It is a uh, confirmation bias is a type of cognitive bias that involves uh, favoring information that confirms confirms your previously existing beliefs or biases. For example, imagine a person holds a belief that their left hand or that left-handed people are more creative than right-handed people. Whenever this person encounters uh, someone or sorry encounters a person that is both left-handed and creative, they place greater importance on the evidence that supports what they already believe. Um, and they they might even seek proof to further back up their claims and, and support that idea. Sorry, guys, my mic fell um, for no reason. Uh, so we, that's where it sort of gets insidious, though, isn't it? When it's one thing if we're cruising around with our confirmation bias thing about, right? Um, but when we start to seek out the what I call co-signing our BS, yeah. um, that is when it can get a little shady. Uh, in the realm of confirmation bias. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. that's where it can be? Because you can it's, try it, to... That's when everybody starts to team up. Like, it's uh, yeah. one of the things I, uh, in, in my life, I've known um, uh, people who, like, basically, uh, who, when, when there's an argument or a disagreement, there are certain people that will... Um, they they it's not just them they 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 take up allies right and then suddenly you have some it's not just you and this person it's you and several people and that's it's not i'm not saying it's always this way but it can be when you start to seek out confirmation instead of seeking out truth you're seeking out just the, the side of what you want that's yeah. when it can because that's when you're shutting yourself off from information like you're deliberate and you're seeking people to co-sign your 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 bs rather than in looking at the breadth and width of the picture and, and seeing all sides and both sides. And that's why this plays into coaching so well. Uh, what instead you should seek out is people who hold opposing beliefs and then try yes. to honestly evaluate what they're saying. The, and honestly evaluate means going in without an emotional attachment, mm -hmm. like, which is, can be very hard for us to do. Um, let's, how does this apply to coaching? Um, well, confirmation bias should probably be detached from coaching as a coach. Um, if you now how, have, before we move, you go on, how, how might coaches bring their, bring confirmation bias into coaching? Um, so for example, in a session, um, your client presents a problem to you and you say, well, to them, it's a problem. And you say, um, something along the lines of that's not a problem or, you know, that, that doesn't seem like a problem to me. Um, that's dangerous because in, in, you know, in the seat of your client, it is a problem that they truly believe is a problem for them. Um, and they won't, you know, be able to really get, you, you're not going to be able to help them get past that problem for them. If you believe it isn't a problem at all, um, you'll probably dance around it. Even if you don't outright say that it is a problem or it isn't a problem. Um, also, I want to, I was just going to say, probably more than likely to kind of bounce around that and avoid that conversation rather than deal with it directly like your client is typically well, kind of asking you to do. You're feeding them the answer at that point. I mean, you're telling them it's not an issue. It's not. But but whether or not you think it's an issue, it doesn't matter if they think it's an issue. Uh, it's an issue, right? Yeah. Um, Anthony, are you awake? Yeah, I'm just trying to. It froze with your eyes shut for a moment. Um, oh, sorry. Anybody, uh, anybody who's watching too, please let us know. Um, 
how might a coach or how might you bring confirmation bias to what it is that you do every day or in a session with a client? Um, I can think of a, a couple of ways. Anthony, do you have anything? As far as coaches go, maybe this wouldn't really have to do with, um, I would say in the coaching session with the client, but maybe as a profession coaches, like when you specialize in your field and niches, I see a lot of times, and we've talked about this concept uh, with like the woo um, portion, like we did a few episodes ago where you'll claim something about reality. Uh, I'm trying to find nice ways okay, to put this. There's some judgment here. I'm feeling the judgment coming out I'm of me. Try, I'm right trying now. my best just not to give specific <laughs> examples. Um, <laughs> Let's oh, just say uh, that right there. That's a subconscious cough. That is. Uh, no, I, I inhaled my saliva. Uh, gosh, what is one that I cannot inflame any of our audience? While you're thinking about that, another way I can think of um, a coach bringing uh, confirmation bias, is similar to Jerome's, but is if we have a, a certain specialty at, uh, and and we have done things a specific way, and we've gone about our life, and we've done our road, and somebody comes in and they have a similar problem that we've once had, we may have a confirmation bias based on our experience. So I tried that and it didn't work for me. So it's not gonna work for this person. And, and we bring that to the table. Um, and so we, we may even subconsciously guide our client towards ways that we think will work better or in our experience have worked better or away from things that did not work for us. And it could be dangerous for our client or unfair to our client because what we're doing is using our experience when it's a totally different situation for the client, right? So I think that that could be another way in which confirmation bias uh, coaches should stay aware of that. Um, of Especially it's kind of almost dangerous to coach within your specialty, even though it's very helpful, but you are probably more inclined to to fall into the the safety net of confirmation bias than than not if you're in a space where you are sort of clueless. So, would be my assumption. Confirmation bias me, please. I'll, 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 use, my own, I'll use my own bias, and okay. me and Brooke have gotten into a lot of arguments about this one um, about fitness and health and how to oh, yes, lose. I am biased. I'll say that. And I think it's for good reason, but I will say I am biased. <laughs> you are biased, yes. Towards the idea that it about calories in, calories out. If you And I am so opposed to calorie counting. I'll <laughs> just say if you intake less calories than you expend in your day, then you will lose weight. That's just the very simple premise I have. I'm not arguing against that what I argue. But let, oh, hold on, hold on. We're going to get into this argument that's like irrelevant to my actual. <laughs> I'm just saying that's my bias. If I was a fitness coach and I coach people on fitness goals that they may have, I might not expressly say that belief I have about calories in, calories out, but that deductive reasoning that I have because I have this premise about how the world works as far as losing weight goes I have this bias even if I don't bring it into the session you explicitly you read articles I send over <laughs> don't distract from the point even if I don't That's bring that into the session it's still going to inform 
almost everything I do in coaching because that's how I sort of build my worldview off of. So that's one version of confirmation bias. Um, and then I might try to lean, guide my client towards doing goals or doing things and avoid that avoid any kind of information that might not agree with you and your stance you might just even subconsciously just ignore it and breeze past it even though yeah, I'm, I'm fucking purely unconscious just choices i try to be the best coach i can but you might be trying to influence your clients to believe worldviews that don't agree with yours so that's a big scary thing when we talk about this uh and it comes up a lot whenever we bring up biases is that so much of our bias and decision making is made subconsciously it's made without even our conscious awareness so how do we as coaches and we as human beings um be non-biased <laughs> for coaches um, don't give your, you're not supposed to give your opinions on things or give a take yeah. on a, on a point of view. Like if a client is like going between, Oh, should I do a, or should I do B? What do you think? That's, you're not there to say what you think you're here to try to facilitate a coaching session and ask them, well, what do you think is more important? What would you like to work on? What does this mean to you? Um, to even consider these sort of questions. I have, a, I have another question too, but let's stay in this space before I jump off to it because that's what my brain does. So, <laughs> um, uh, carry I on. would say that this is probably why, um, as a coach, I think it's important to get certified because you want to to kind of stay away from that subconscious behavior that you might utilize in a coaching session. Um, you want to align with that consciousness that you do have with the training that you would get through certification. Um, again, using what you know works as a coach and staying away from things that could be potentially harmful, like suggesting, um, like not asking your, your client what they want to work on. These are things that might come up subconsciously just because that's what comes up in conversation in the real world when we have with people, when they're coming to us for maybe typically answers. Um, but as a life coach, you want to, again, align with that consciousness that you do have and that understanding of what it is and isn't being a life coach um, to kind of stay away and avoid, you know, being in that subconscious space of potentially giving harm, harmful um, responses. I'm gonna say all of this, uh, everything I say throughout this live is said uh, predicated on the fact that I did no research before doing this live. So I don't have statistics or anything to spout off at the moment. But um, I would assume <laughs> that every, every, even the best coaches, the best of the best of the best, uh, or you know, the, the, the highest mm -hmm. are still uh, struggling with a degree of bias and a degree of confirmation bias, um, because they are, I think maybe even more, again, I think more successful you are, the more, t more married to the way you got to your success, you're going to be. Um, so you're going to think that your way is better than everybody else's because your way is working. Um, and there, that could be a big trap for, con so maybe failure is what you want. <laughs> Be a, that'd be a good niche to be in a failure coach. Like I coach my clients to just failure. You want to fail? Let's do yeah. this. <laughs> I would say small instances of failure really benefit. So, I mean, as long as you're not, you know, it's not detrimental and your life is ruined afterwards. Uh, we all fail a little <laughs> bit. It's responding to those failures that are important. Um. 
so uh, moving into another, we've talked about coaches and their confirmation bias. What happens? Uh, well, let's just start with this. How might a client struggle with confirmation bias? I would say they're sort of seeking you out for information um, to confirm their beliefs. Um, so they would they might go into sort of an exploration phase of coaching, and they're talking about how what's um, a good example. Um, they never get anything done. They just have a, a huge to do list, and they never get anything done, and they're always procrastinating, and they're always telling you stories about how they've procrastinated or how they put things off that right there. That's the recalling of information that confirms their premise. I'm a procrastinator and I'm lazy. Yeah. That's their confirmation bias working as a coach. What you would do yes. is ask them, okay, you've told me all this. Are there times where that's not the case? Well, yes. Are there, you haven't procrastinated and you have followed through with something. Well, it's very much the stories we tell ourselves. So, uh, yeah. If I tell myself that it is this way and it's always been this way, I'm not looking for any other way for it to be. So I am falling victim to confirmation bias. So, so you can you can create your own. I mean, it, it, confirmation bias works both ways for you. It can work for you and it can work against you. You can create it. You can suffer from it. You can. Um, it's it's multifaceted. Okay. Um, it's I think, not even like you're doing it consciously as well, because like you could earnestly try to recall times, for example, I wasn't a lazy procrastinator, but it will just come up a blank, even though in reality, that's not the case. There's, there would be plenty of times where there's evidence contrary, but your brain literally won't let you remember that stuff because of confirmation bias. Jerome, before you say anything, do you have any, uh, any, in, internal thing that you tell yourself and believe to be true yes uh not Good or bad. way out there but i genuinely 100 percent whether you agree with me or not believe in karma that's that is essentially my religion and i know sometimes it doesn't make sense to other people but um based on my experiences in life that is my confirmed bias is that karma genuinely energy all of that that is something that um, is applicable to everyone. I'm not going to try and push it on. Can everybody, you think of a but... way that your this belief that you have, uh, how it how it serves you, and maybe how it hurts you? How it serves me? Okay, so definitely serves me in the aspect of being, I think, um, putting my best foot forward when it comes to dealing with anyone or anything in life, um, because it always, in my mind, is going to come back to me. Um, how it could potentially harm me is maybe there are instances where like this weekend I was at the gas station and somebody was asking for $5. I pulled out a 20 and I looked at him and he said, Oh, come on. That'll help a lot. And I'm like, oh, karma. And I gave it to him instead, but I knew he didn't need that much, but I was, you know, I said to myself, it'll come back to me. And uh, I was okay with it at that point. But who knows, you know, that, that could have been $20 that could have gotten me that much further. And maybe, I don't know, Christmas is coming up. That could have been $20 towards <laughs> well, Christmas. Is there any I, other way that you might think it could hurt you? 
No, this is a hard question. Uh, confirmation biases are hard to kind of step out of. Uh, it's going to be really difficult for me to think so, of a way that arms me because, again, this is something that uh, I kind of embody in, and this is my so confirmation is, bias. How much does a coach want to tackle? Because when it's tied to values, right, mm-hmm. we get into a dangerous space. We don't want to – I mean, how, how, how far do we go with challenging a confirmation bias as a coach? We're asking around. There's no right answer here. You probably wouldn't yeah. say like, you probably wouldn't frame it in that sort of way yeah. as in this is a problem we're going to work on. But if a confirmation bias does come up and you sort of internally know, oh, this is kind of, this might be a bias here. I wouldn't say you have to ask permission. You can just be curious and ask sort of what do they mean by this when is is this always true when is this not true um so Anthony, how is, is there something you? you believe to be true about yourself i wanted to talk more about jerome because i think that's <laughs> I an interesting that was oh, enough i'm just kidding <laughs> um calories we can talk about calories <laughs> yeah, we can, we can by the way i agree that. with you anthony on that stance i absolutely agree with you and yeah yeah um because when we're asking Jerome, I think oh we're asking oh more about Jerome's <laughs> actions when it's harmful, when it's hurtful. But like, it was kind of neutral, though. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Like, there's no, I wouldn't know if there would be any really good reason to just ask Jerome about that out of the blue in like a real well, Why, Why asking him about karma? Well, the one thing I was thinking, possibility for negative in this space, maybe it prevents him mm-hmm. from from doing things sometimes that he might perceive as um, selfish, or he might perceive as uh, it, it might, but come back to bite him in the butt or something like that, you know. But perhaps that could also be another case of confirmation bias, where it's not truly a selfish act, or it's not truly something that would result in in any negative happening. But he avoids because of uh, the fear of 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 karma. So here's a question then that I honestly don't know like how to approach from the standpoint of a coach. Mm-hmm. When is it okay to challenge a client's belief if it's like a deeply held like belief? So, I would say like, never challenge. Yeah. Well, we not ch- I mean, what I mean to say is like examine if it's true or not. So if it's a bias, like my calorie example, okay. you would ask is this always true? Is this always the case? We it's saying we have no sound. Did we have no sound? Can you hear us, Miguel? Miguel can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Anthony to respond. I think I think when that's whenever that's presented as a block, um, that's mm-hmm. when you are kind of given that green flag to open it up to exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take, it's well, it's maybe not even when it's presented as a block. Well, yeah, well, yes, absolutely. When it's presented as a block and mm-hmm. it's blocking a way that they want to go, a goal that they have, mm-hmm. uh, something you've set in the session, and this is standing mm-hmm. in the way of that. Mm-hmm. I think also when a client is asking you to, yep. when a client mm-hmm. asks you, asks for to, to explore that space asks to, to, you know, go there and you'll know, you'll know when the client is ready, they're going to lead you down there pretty easily. You're not going to end up there by accident. Um, and I think the key is though, to be very conscientious because the one thing we don't do hold insanely close to ourselves and can and incite us is our value system and mm-hmm. 
if we're challenging a core value or a core, like a core belief that, that is based on a core value, you it can be, it can be a very sort of traumatic kind of thing. Yeah, so, you don't want to just confront people like that. Uh-huh, exactly. But, and yeah. so that's why it's critical to have the client's permission to yeah. have that, that, that door opened. It does um, seem difficult for a coach though. If it seems that the deeply held intrinsic belief is just rooted in confirmation bias, it could be very frustrating. It could yeah. be very, very frustrating. And, and people do this so much to the end degree, especially if let's, it's a big, good example of this is in business. Mm-hmm. If I'm somebody who has been building a business, right, and I'm building a business on a product that I believe to be it's like becomes like my baby becomes like my kid this is another place for a great place for confirmation bias right um um and it becomes so close to me ingrained in me that what happens is i have blocks that i create to protect it um because i i don't want my idea i'm so married to it to be to to not be a success but by virtue of doing that you're you're essentially making sure that your idea is not a success because what you need is feedback and growth and adaptability to create a business Mm -hmm. that changes and that that is viable and successful but so many business owners because they're so they hold it so closely it's so precious to them it's really very difficult for them to accept criticism to um, explore sort of where it's not working. Um, uh, and that can be a very kind of hard thing for businesses. I've learned this in my business, what I do. Uh, there's a lot of clients I will just, I handle reviews. I don't, because why? Because it's a personal attack, <laughs> even though it's not about them and it's their business, it's a personal attack on them as far as they're concerned. And so um, it's, it can be a very, very kind of frustrating space for people. Um, so then it really depends on what the client is working on then. Yes. And that's they really want to work on that limiting belief is what I guess in the, the, the coach jargon, but it could be a confirmation bias then explore you have to be it. Be careful here too. Cause it could be falling into therapy realm in a lot of this as well. If it's that internal dialogue of I'm not good enough, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I am a failure. I mm-hmm. stuck. I, you're, they, that's being stuck in this, um, in the past, past headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so be, be, it's something to be very aware of with your client and make sure that they're wanting to move through those, wanting to move past them. I mean, mind you, there's the subconscious level where we, if it's not, if it's not affecting it and it's not, you know what I mean? Leave it alone to some degree. Um, but, but we want to always make sure that we're moving forward. And if they're really stuck in that, it's, it could be a therapy space as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's a, a quick question. How might a coach use confirmation bias to their benefit? You just took the words out of my mouth, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I know we explained it a little bit as how it can work for you in, in the real world, you know, as a, a kind Marketing. of a technique for, well, I was thinking more of a technique for survival, um, mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, when, when you're in a situation where your unconsciousness can kind of present itself as a, you know, something to protect you with. Um, that makes sense. But for a coach, that could be a little bit more difficult in answering as far as how it can work for you. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to you guys because I do not have an answer right off the top of my head. I was going to say marketing. Marketing. The first, the first yeah. like, to be really underhanded, you know, you could yeah. use marketing to sort of almost confirm those pain points for people it doesn't have to be underhanded though i mean at all because if i 
yeah. one way confirmation bias is used is if I have a successful business, automatically the followers of that business are going to trust me more and going well, to assume what I am, am offering is, is a viable product because yeah. I've already been successful here. Their confirmation bias of me will then make them more inclined to be believe I'm, I'm also going to be successful over here. So what you're saying is confirmation bias. We have right. to expand the CLCI brand and just sell just random stuff. We could, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but but um, that but that is an example of confirmation bias. If I if all everybody's took taken level one, they are gonna and they're inclined to take level two. That they that is confirm. They're like this one was great. This one's got to be yeah. great too. There's but, a, <laughs> the conversation necessarily is probably like gonna work against us as far as our sales go, but. It's not necessarily true that level two will be just as good as level one. Hey, why would you say that? <laughs> not, I'm not saying that necessarily and like 100% true. Better. <laughs> doesn't mean that's true. It is better or just yeah. as good and better than level one uh, for different reasons. But that doesn't mean it's true so, because level one was good. There's mm. a odd phenomenon that happens in people and this can be kind of a brutal topic but we mm -hmm. as human beings seek explanation patterns and and, and sort of like we we yeah. want things to always be going the way that we expect and it's a control we're control freaks right so we're all of us we want i want to know that if i walk go a plus b will always equal c and and i want this has to be true and when it's not i get very upset but what's really hard for people to accept is that there are a lot of random accident things that happen in the world, or if you, if you don't believe in accidents, but they're random, again, yes, I'm not tackling beliefs here, but things that happen that, that we may have no control or power over or seem like freak accidents or what have you, and they just happen. Um, but we, we often want to apply, if it's bad, blame to something or somebody when maybe there's not somebody to blame. Um, and we, we will seek confirmation bias to do so. We will absolutely do that. Um, and, and the truth is maybe sometimes there isn't somebody to blame and there isn't a, a good reason we can see or we're aware of. And um, that makes it so much harder for us as people to, to process those things when there's no, and that's really a big part of that spirituality when spirituality comes in is, is that concept of letting go, letting, just letting, letting it go to, and that and that's helps us as people deal with what we have no power or control over um mm -hmm. and and that is a huge example of confirmation bias uh and and us needing to put order to everything <laughs> um and and categorize um is just that but not always are these things true and and not always do things as we know gray the gray be the gray be an outlier. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, it's when confirmation bias doesn't happen that the greatest growth and change happens, I would say, right? When we break those biases. Yeah. Um, so again, how can we, let's say we have a client in our thing and we're mm -hmm. talking to them, we're asking about the well, this is kind of a loaded question, so I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> ask it anyways, now that we know it's loaded. Ask no, but, but, so one of the things we can do if we want to want to bring it is to be open-minded to research, right? Open-minded. So how do we get our clients to open their minds up? 
I mean, again, we, we, the always, really always, the never, really never. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any other ways that, that perhaps you guys can think of doing that? I don't know. Subconscious <laughs> mind control. <laughs> I would say positioning that thought process of your client in a way that works for them. So, for example, when they do say that this always happens this way when I do it, asking them, when has that not been the case? When has it not always, you know, like they mentioned, um, when has it always not been that or when it is, when has it not? Yes. When it has not been always that case where there was an instance, for example, where that did work for you, um, where that didn't actually, you know, go the way that you say it always has. I think, well, okay. So what if I'm a client and I'm like, okay, I want to do, I'll, I'm going to try to find a real life example. So it's not Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, also, if the viewers have real life examples as well, please join them. Please give us real life. Please, please, please. please. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's say I. What is something I want to do? I want to. Um, ooh, I, I want to cook dinner. Okay. So uh, there are typically what I do is I cook dinner like this, but I could also cook dinner like this. <laughs> you know, typically I go in the kitchen and I, I go, but. You know, I want some extra time. I could just do Instacart and I could, but if I'm a client and I see myself leaning towards the way, I, but I always do it this way, but I always, this is how I always do it. This is what, I mean, I, this is I'm most comfortable doing it this way. And would it be okay for a coach to say, well, why don't you try something different? <laughs> um, if, I mean, because if it's a client that's, always doing the one thing is that is or is that pushing our client in a, in a different direction I, so what, in this case for you what is the always i always do this but i want to do this instead yeah. what is this for, in this example i don't always do anything the same way over and over again i'm the most inconsistent human being on the planet so oh, let's, just use, let's just <laughs> pretend example then do you always order the instacart or are you always making the food uh, Never. <laughs> I responded with never. I responded with never. <laughs> choose one for the sake of the okay, example. Get a real life example here. Let me think okay. of something I always do. I do on repeat over and over again, um, which is very few things. Um, okay. So I, I've got it. I got it. I lately I have been, uh, I, I enjoy working out. I um, lately though, I've been rowing, like I've been primarily doing like rowing and rowing, and rowing, but I haven't been making enough time to do like the other things, but I really like rowing. So I like, I don't want to give up the rowing part. I really like it. I've got a way that I thing that I do and I've got a method. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to, to get the, to get to the other stuff too, though. Right. Um, I, I always do that. And I think that, that I, I don't want to stop doing it that way. <laughs> but I like mixing the other stuff. You should live you? on a lake and just get a boat, <laughs> just row everywhere. Um, maybe a good question would be, um, Brooke, how much time do you need to devote to rowing versus how much time do you want to devote to rowing? I don't even care about time. This isn't about time. <laughs> this is about time. You just said energy is about physical energy and like me, like like I I reach a point where I'm like when I'm done, I'm like oh my uh, god, I I can't imagine okay. doing anything else. Like yeah. okay, that's what you. Uh, I should have been a better coach and just asked more clarifying questions and then just assume. I would say, what's the importance of doing anything outside of rowing to you? 
I just feel like it will work out my other muscles better. Sometimes I think that I want to make sure I'm not going to say, cause this is going to sound really vain. I'm going to sound really, really vain and kind of ridiculous. Um, so I'm not going to say that part, but <laughs> no, I, there, I just like to work out certain parts of my body and, and make sure that they are, are as I like them to be. And I don't know that rowing works out those parts of my body as well as I might like. It doesn't. <laughs> I think I already know what you're getting at. It doesn't work out that part of your body. <laughs> So you have what you want, a goal that you want to do. You want to work out other parts of your body. Yes. But I also like like to watch rowing. When I row, I learn things. I put like documentaries on and like, um, I really like that part about rowing. I guess I could do both, but, uh, we could do that. You could, or can you do both? I could do that too when I lift and do other things as well. So, um, do squats, et cetera. Um, uh now the confirmation bias in this is is what exactly uh i don't think there is any (laughs) okay the confirmation bias there's an example would be well i did read this one article that says it does work it's like a full body workout it does do a full body workout yeah that would be a form of confirmation that's that's what i'm told yeah (laughs) so as a so that's kind of difficult because as a coach let's say a fitness coach, I think I know better. And mm-hmm. I want to say, no, you're wrong. Uh-huh. But you, can't do you that. don't say that as a coach though. Nope. You say, I, so maybe I would ask then. I think this is where I'm you like, can my, go. My, 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 I want to do everything. And like, well, go do some research. Like part of me wants to like. Yeah. I would I maybe ask, how would you know, how would you get results? Yeah. How would you be able to know the results? How would you be able to see progress being made? Uh-huh. If well, it is a full body workout. That's why it's so important with our clients to dig deeper, to dig. Because mm-hmm. ultimately it's not, it's in your process may not be their process, right? So mm-hmm. I, my inclination is, is to, to tell them to go get, re, do research and figure out, you know, whatever your inclination is where, well, what results are you seeing and how is that? You know, um, uh, everybody's going to have a different instinct in this space. And that's why that being curious and, and mm-hmm. it might be a space where you ask more, ask deeper about why, you know, why rowing is important, why lifting is important, how, you know, how does one benefit you versus the other? How, you know, and you can sort of start to, to explore that space. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way to combine the two? Is there- <laughs> I think. Or what, what is it that you're getting from this that, that you aren't getting from the other? Because mm-hmm. um, ultimately, every, so ultimately, there's a question, a series of questions we, we will, we've gone over a few times. And that's the, that when we're digging deeper towards the why with people, uh, towards the emotional relevance, we ask, what does that give you, right? You guys know this, like, yeah. so if I have X, Y, and Z, what does that give me? If I, okay, well then what is, and we keep going until we exa- reach a point of exhaustion where it's like, what does that get you? What does that give you? What does that get you? And finally, you'll reach a point where you hit that end. With confirmation bias, you can do the same thing because it's tied to an emotional belief. Like there, the bias is tied to some kind of emotional belief. So you can ask, go down the same path. What does believing that get you? What does that give you? What does that get? And you can keep going with people and, and it might be a good way to not only learn more, but also to get to the root of that that bias and why it exists to start with so if i were to ask jerome what does believing in karma get you yeah jerome it helps me sleep at night because i'm confirming my biases what is what is what is sleeping at getting you to sleep at night give you 
Uh, it helps me wake up happier and it gives me structure as well, I would say. Um, believing in karma gives me a little bit of structure that I can kind of align myself with and, and proceed in life with, which is nice to have. It's always nice to lean on something, you know, kind of just as it would be, should I, you know, believe in a different religion, which again, karma is essentially my religion. So what, what is, what is having structure and what is having a, that belief system give you? Makes decisions easier. Um, I'm not sitting around trying to decide what to do next. I already have a basic system set in place where I can kind of just based on what I'm experiencing, pull answers from um, based on that system. And then when you have a system in place and decisions are easier, what does that give you? It gives me the ability to just do life, I think, easier. Um, life's easier when, you, when making decisions are easier. If you're always sitting around trying to decide what to do next, it can not only slow down life itself because you're always trying to figure out what that next step is, um, but it can, it can make life a bit grueling, you know? You don't, you know, it really can be difficult if you don't know and suck, really. If you don't know what to do next, it can really be bad to, you know, just, I feel like you're mental. So, so that's what happens when you, when you don't have it when you don't have that in place. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it, I hear you saying it makes you feel like life becomes grueling, difficult. So when you have it in place, how do you feel? Fulfilled again, life becomes maybe not necessarily fulfilled, um, but when it's in place, it definitely, you know, I've got, I've got just like, you know, when you're at the, bowling alley you've got rails that you know you, you can stay in between and it just again really to simply explain it it's just easier it's just a lot easier to kind of have this structure that you can kind of lean on whenever things maybe get somewhat complicated as far as decision making is concerned it gives me a, an easy pool to prompt uh, to to pull from when it comes to making decisions and so what what happens when things are difficult things are difficult life becomes grueling and it's and it becomes slower and um you have to make difficult decisions which suck sometimes um and i don't think anyone likes to be presented with you know difficult decisions to make on a regular basis um have you had difficult decisions to make in the past Yes, absolutely. Haven't we all? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, and tell me more about how you made it through those. Really? With, again, this implemented system that I have, um, it helps me to understand that my decision is based on a belief that I have that I truly throughout the, you know, the process of my life have confirmed to be true. Personally, it really helps to understand that I made decisions based off of that rather than just randomly pulled some answers and hope that they worked. Because at the end of the day, I believe that that system that's in place for me is something that is tried and true and works. And at the end of the day, again, helps me sleep at night, makes me, makes me feel a little bit better about myself. I have one more, one more question in this space. What would happen if that system didn't exist? Oh my God. <laughs> um, 
I'd probably be searching for another system then. I, I would go out and look for something else that works for me. Um, but in that instance of non-existence, of having no system at all, I have no idea. That's scary. That's scary to think of. There's just, I guess I would just kind of, I do things based off of what, you know, my experiences kind of suggest that I do. What other people have done, what, you know, has, I guess, potentially worked in the past, but I'm not sure has or not. Um, what I have done previous to whatever, you know, instance I'm in at that moment. Probably more so leaning on other people's decisions and thinking about the things that they've done in the past in that scenario, just because I have no idea what I would do personally. In this imaginary realm where the system doesn't exist, mm -hmm. how would your decisions change? They would slow down a lot. I think I do a lot more thinking. Um, a lot more exploration in, in determining what my next step or answer is, um, which, you know, kind of in retrospect sounds nice sometimes, but sometimes you don't have the time to do that. Sometimes you don't have all the time in the world to sit back and decide, you know, very open-mindedly what the next step is or what the, I don't even want to say right answer is, but the next answer is for you to go ahead and move with. And do you, when, when you are making decisions based on your, the system of karma, do you, do you know the outcomes? As far as what, when you say outcomes? Whatever it is that you're deciding of what the, that decision's outcomes will be. Yeah, for me, I understand that it, again, it helps me sleep at night. Um, usually the, the responses are based, that are based in karma. Um, they're typically ones that give off and provide good energy, good will, good intent, um, and stay away from any selfish intent, um, which isn't always bad. I understand that. But, um, when I'm, when I'm, in, I'm in the headspace of really just interacting with other people, as far as karma is concerned, um, that, that always helps me at the end of the night, you know, just knowing that I, I, I was as good as I could be, um, to the people around me. I have a total yes or no question that would not be a coach, good, good coaching question at this point. So, um, uh, which, because uh, uh, I think I could explore in this space with you for a while. And um, because I, I had thought processes of, but we're running out of time of uh, asking about, you know, is, is thinking through, you're taking a while to think through your decisions a bad thing? Or is it, you know, or what does that result in? Um, yeah. And uh, there also was an inclination in me to lead uh, and I was trying my best not to. Um, uh, but in that though, and just exploring that space a little bit, how do you feel about karma now? Um, again, still believe it. I have a confirmed bias. That is, that's the way to live. Um, but I will say I'm absolutely open to not sometimes subscribing to it um, if there's a time to do so, because kind of like we mentioned earlier and not to step out of this coaching session, um, but we did mention that, you know, really where the work gets done is when you do have time to sit and kind of consider the other options, the alternatives. Um, and that's where the growth comes for you as a, you know, as a person. Um, well, I think we in in, in now this is observation in the and, and it's totally not coach coaching hat off all the way mm -hmm. um, with the, the 
karma is serving a purpose for you. It absolutely is. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's making your life easier and everything along those lines. You might find some, 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 um, where I could see it limiting, I guess you could say, is that, that, uh, you're, you're taking responsibility and putting it outside of yourself. Right. Um, whereas you might discover some serious empowerment, uh, when you, when you say, okay, I don't, when, even when you could say, I don't know what the outcome will be good or bad. I'm doing this because I'm doing this and I'm choosing to, and not for the sake of, of that. But that doesn't, I mean, not to say that karma is wrong or bad. I think it's a, it's beautiful and amazing thing. And um, uh, I, I have similar um, feelings about you put good out there, you get good back. And, and I just, I know that I want to put my head on the pillow and feel like a good human being every night. And, and I, that I didn't hurt anybody along the way. Yeah. Um, and I, that's, that's what's important to me. But we can unintentionally hurt people. So, yes. But uh, I, but I just, I, you could see though in that space we were exploring, and, and I actually saw him becoming a little more flexible too. I don't know if, if you guys felt that way, but or if you felt saw that Anthony, but I saw mm. some, some there was him sort of ease into like, wait, well I didn't really think of it that way before <laughs> for a moment, um, and, and that's all with just exploring the what does that give you, how does that make you feel, what does that do for you? And yeah. notice the viewers were not coaching to correct a bias um or try to get to a certain truth value about that person's belief like we're not trying to interrogate jerome mm -mm. and say okay is karma true yes yes or no how could you prove that it's true yes or no we're not doing any of that stuff because jerome might be right we're not like, challenging the belief we're yeah, asking we're not challenging the belief jerome could 100 percent be true um about his beliefs in karma and they might rely they might uh, align with reality, but we're not trying to figure that out as coaches. What we're trying to do is to see if his beliefs align with his goals mm -hmm. um, and if they're useful to him in some sort of way where it's where Jerome feels that it's productive. And also, he, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's yes, and seeing also how uh, attaching that emotional relevance to it as well is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, him knowing that karma is important to him and knowing why and knowing what it does for him and how it serves him could uh, could could help him uh, in, in proceeding in goal setting etc yeah now I would say that that's an empowering space to be in is to kind of sometimes just confirm what you believe in some you know that's this not a normal conversation helpful <laughs> yeah that's not a normal conversation you know why do you believe in karma um mm -hmm. but to sit here in a session and kind of reflect as to why that is important to you um can really you can walk away from feeling I empowering i now, never if, i asked what is it what does it yeah. give you yeah mm -hmm. now if jerome had a sort of issue where he had i have this belief or i have this belief in karma but i also have this goal and they are they seem to be opposed to each other what do i do like if jerome Rose That's where you can get really interesting in the coaching <laughs> phase, um, and, and a lot of fun as well. There could be some conflict there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah. uh, so, what do I do? Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of times you'll get clients who have their beliefs about something or about the world, and they have an outcome or a goal that is in conflict with that. So, for example, I can probably bring one up. Yeah. would be so i have a friend he has no transport to the airport he's been looking for days can't make it 
But also I have this really big meeting that's like 20 minutes after. I can do it, but it's going to be really tight for me. It's going to be a crunch. Um, and, you know, karma says, go do it. Go ahead and give them, you know, drop them off. And I bet you you kill it in that meeting. Whatever that meeting has coming for you is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, but realistically, you should probably just as far as that crunch is concerned, maybe say, hey, I'm sorry. This sucks, but I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, I've got to. Me. Can I sort of up the stakes as well? Like, what if we have a client who had that same situation happen in the past and they were like, I did what was karmic of me and I gave that person a ride and I knew in that moment I was going to do well uh, in the meeting and they were fired in the meeting because they were late and they got divorced because they were fired. Or, or no, you could go the other way or they, it went really well. So now I feel like anytime somebody asks me for something, I have to say yes for my success to happen. Like mm. for me to be successful, I have to say yes. Like I have to do, I know I have to, otherwise my meeting's going to be horrible. Mm, and yeah. they don't know that for sure, you know? And and in, in truth, it's two unrelated things. I think even in the eyes of karma, they might be unrelated um, because one is about drive, driving somebody to the airport and yeah. one is about you getting to your meeting on time, which if you don't, that could be, bad as well and be rude and you're you're wasting other people's time so uh there's a good a, point. The, the karma yeah. would say you should honor other people's expectations and time so then you're <laughs> saying okay what's more important so really so really then you ask well what what is that that's when you have to do that deeper dig well what 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 do you want to do what is what is going to serve you better in your in your process um mm. what what is more important to you <laughs> um, kind of thing and attaching that emotional relevance and, and, and then um, helping the client realize that whatever choice they make is okay, is okay for them to make. And that it's not there. There's no black or white way mm -hmm. to go about it. Right. Cause I think karma would be okay with both situations. This is also probably why finding a good coach in your niche is probably very important because someone a spiritual coach who's familiar with karma would probably know the best questions to ask maybe though maybe not though they might be all biased biased yeah, bias yeah, okay. throw it let's just throw everything out <laughs> I don't know anything anymore no no but i just mean in the sense that so it's yeah. like i if i'm going to explore more i'm going to so i'm going to ask jerome well why what in what why would this be bad karmically why would this be bad karmically why would this be good karmically why would this be good and yeah. then you know it's all about exploring more mm -hmm. and not having the answers in that yeah. space great example though by the way yes. we should have had that you know 30 minutes ago jerome where were you <laughs> i hadn't been coached yet sorry <laughs> i think we're out of time uh, yeah, i think that's so confirmation bias summoned up uh it is when you are seeking uh, confirmation of whatever it is you believe, and it can often happen subconsciously. Um, and also you can, you can, uh, solicit, uh, enroll and bring others into your confirmation bias or find people mm -hmm. like you. Birds of a feather flock together is, uh, is evidence of confirmation bias right there. Mm -hmm. When you see a whole bunch of, of rebellious punk kids hanging out in a group, none of them are being rebellious. They're just being a bunch of confirmation biasers all hanging out together. Um, so that is uh, that is a great example of confirmation bias. And uh, break your biases. Try something else. Try something different. Here's my takeaway. <laughs> coach the individual. Don't coach the bias. Yes. You're coaching the individual.
and what do they want in their huh. goals, not the problem or the bias if you think it's a bias. I love that. I mean, that don't question, we never question Jones Jerome's belief in in karma. What we did was ask what it does for him, why it's important mm -hmm. to him, what how it's serving him, what is important about it. Uh, never asked, said, why, why, why do you, why is karma yeah. a thing? Like, why do you believe in yeah. once, once, the, once the camera turns off, then I'm going to start <laughs> harassing Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jerome, takeaway. <laughs> Confirmation biases are plentiful. They're really hard to, you know, kind of step out of sometimes because again, it is that, it's that unconscious, it. subconscious in your brain. But I think really to pull away from that, the, the more you have, the more you practice being a little bit more conscious in you know particular scenarios, whatever it may be, um, the further away you step away from that conf or you have the ability to at least step away from that confirmation bias. And especially as a coach, that's important. Um, be conscious in your exploration. Don't let your subconscious take over um, by, you know, leading with your consciousness and think about um, asking the questions that, you know, are based in whatever your client's reality are and not yours. I'm going to coin a phrase. Be open, mindful. <laughs> um, which has no. an open mind, but be present and mindful of the situation. Uh, so, um, it really, is what it is. If you can, no, and it's that awareness, like you said, drama is so key. Is is being able to recognize when that you might be doing that because uh, we can intend to be a blank slate, but we are. It's not. No, it's possible. Lo siento. No. Um, <laughs> we are we do bring our experience with us. And so learning to turn that volume down so you can listen to somebody else and their side and their opinion can be one of the hardest things to do, but when it's done, it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> and that's all. Yeah. Goodbye everyone. Check us um, out. Then do register for our classes, whatever. <laughs> Make sure you guys check out certified life coach Institute. We certify coaches in three days. We believe that we are awesome and you can ask anybody else that we You're are. also biased. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm doing this. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are award-winning. Um, also, if you enjoyed our topic of confirmation bias or want us to, thank you too, Natasha, or want us uh, to, to touch on any other topics, if you're a coach or want to be a coach and um, anything of that nature, just leave it in the comments. We would love to tackle whatever it is you have for us. Um, thank you. Hi, uh, Cecily. It's good to see you. <laughs> thank yeah, you guys for watching. Your yeah, I want to ask you guys to leave down a suggestion for a topic that we Please. have. Please go ahead. If you guys are still here, go ahead and suggest leave a topic, something. leave a question, yeah. leave it and something. We have ideas that we want to hear from you. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see you guys next Tuesday. Yes. At four o'clock next Tuesday at four o'clock, Lisa will be back with us. Uh, yes. We actually were nominated um, Certified Life Coach Institute was nominated for the Champion of Women Award, Women Award uh, at for the, with the Connected Women of Influence, and uh, we will be at the award ceremony tomorrow. What um, was Brooke nominated for? I'm not. I'm not gloating. What, what was Brooke nominated for? Brooke I was, was woman, for to the watch, woman to watch award. Woman to yes. watch award. We're watching her right now. Yes. So that's uh, why the literal, uh, very literal award. <laughs> business women and all that good stuff. So, so we're going to we be, be partying on Thursday. on Thursday. And that's why Lisa isn't here with us. Um, and so we are excited. Thank you, Connected Women of Influence. Uh, we're very excited yeah. about that. So. Um, and that's all. Thank you guys. Right. Leave, leave topics in the comments. We want to know. Please do. <laughs>
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.